0: so cool when God preaches half the sermon for you at the beginning of the service, so I'm going to cut out half of uh, what I wanted to talk about, um, and I'm just going to dive right into where I wanted to—right uh, now we've been in a, a series that I named because my dad made this super long name for it, and I was like, I'm not putting that in like a podcast or something. So I shortened the name and I, I called it uh, "Forget Church, Find Jesus," um, because I, I I think we've done church enough that we've gotten stuck. Have you ever done something so much that you get stuck there and you don't know how to do something different? Um, and I, I think we're there as a church, and I'm talking across America. Um, and and I just wanted to uh, we. We were talking about repentance first, um, and that was maybe a couple weeks ago, where we talked about repentance as being the key to entering into the kingdom of God, to entering into the family of God. Uh, that's us. Um, that's that's heaven on earth. Um, and then we, we moved into a more uh, in-depth look at the kingdom of God, and, and where I wanted to take it so that was, that was near the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He, he started his ministry with repent, for the kingdom of God is right here. And then he moved into entering into the kingdom of God. And, and I want to go to John 17, If uh, April, if you want to bring that up. Um, we're going to start with verse 20. Uh, this is the same night, at least in the Bible, it's the same night as um, Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and is arrested. Um, So this is right before that. Jesus is praying to God, and he's praying for his disciples, and he's praying for the things that he wants to see in them. Uh, So starting at verse 20, it says, My prayer is not for them, the disciples, alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. to his disciples and to those he spoke to, and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Whew. That's a lot. I don't know how many of you, I don't know if I've skipped over that for like 20 eight years of my life, but I'm really just learning that, and God does this through his Holy Spirit a lot of times, but God this year has been teaching me that verse right there. I I don't know if I'm the only one, but I grew up thinking that if the music was rocking, if the children's ministry was off the hook, if the, the preaching was passionate and convicted you sometimes and inspired you other times and then, then people would see how awesome God is. And then I read the Bible, and I couldn't find that. I don't know what happened, um, but I couldn't find that. And maybe it's just me, but, but I turned on Instagram this morning, and I'm scrolling through our church page, like some churches I follow just to see what they're doing and stuff, and everybody is advertising and music off-the-hook children's ministry, amazing preaching. And I'm like, ah, so it's all of us. We're all in this trap, I think, of getting our eyes focused on the thing that distracts us from where we need to be because the world needs us to be there. And that's being united. That's being a, a people of like i said uh, i think last week of a common unity that's what community is we have gathered together for a common purpose a common good a common understanding and we've gathered together together to share that with each other to say man you believe the same as me you love jesus just like i do and, and and I just want to fellowship with you in that. And I want to talk to you about some of the things that God has been revealing to me in my personal time with him. How has he been revealing himself to you in that personal time? And, and that's, that's church. That's church. Um, I'm not going to put these up there. The early church, kind of going back to the beginning of when the church started, the early church... Um, and you can find this in Acts. It's in chapter two and, and in chapter four, um, but it talks about how the church, again, it, it they they started the church started with this idea of all being one, of all being of one mind and one spirit. Um, and it says the early church, what they did was they met together daily, um, and they ate together. They prayed together. They sang songs and hymns and spiritual songs, and 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 I love it because they they sang it to each other. I it's not it's not us singing you a song, you know. It, like it, it could be you singing me a song, and I sing a song to you that I think maybe would inspire you. And I, it's so cool. It's so beautiful. Um and. And they came under the apostles' teaching, and I, I know that a lot of pastors have taken that, and that's kind of where we get a lot of the structure for having a a preacher, a pastor up on a stage preaching to us, is because that's that's our way of worshiping under the apostle, the chosen apostle. And I think that's real. I think that does exist, but it also says in the Bible that we are a priesthood of believers. So we might have a, a, a priest that sort of presides over us, that keeps an eye on us, that protects his flock. But at the same time, we all have a purpose within that, that body. We all can bring something. We all have been given Authority, we've been given power, we've been given understanding, we've all been given the same Holy Spirit. No one has a second helping of Holy Spirit. (laughs) Some people might talk like they do, some people might be like, The Holy Spirit moves through me so powerfully, and I'm like, Cool, I mean, He moves through me too. I've seen miracles, you know, I've seen people healed. I, I don't think He moves, you know, incredibly more than anybody else, but. That's way off topic. But anyways, um, unity is where the church started. Unity was something that, if you read through the New Testament, and especially in Paul's letters, um, unity is something that... uh, it's so easy for the church to get away from. And you can see so many times in Paul's letters, him having to correct things, him having to write to the churches that he was at and that showed love for each other. He had to remind a lot of the churches of their love for each other. He had to remind a lot of their churches that there should be no division between them. Because it's so easy for us to just say we disagree on something and never work through it. It's okay. We all have different opinions. This is America. We all think, act, do however we want. But that needs to be different in the church. Because we have one word. We have one spirit. We have one God. And all of these ideas, I understand the word is difficult. I understand that it's hard to dig out what God is really saying sometimes and what he wants us to learn and things. But we have to dig that out together. If we try to do this alone, I know so many people are like, I don't need church. I mean, I really don't need church. I can commune with God personally. And I'm like, yeah, but you're missing what Jesus said. He said, I pray for them all. He didn't say for you to be one with yourself. He said, "I want them all praying to his disciples, which were twelve, not one. They were twelve to be one, to be completely united." Um, I'm gonna show. We got we got enough time. I reset that clock, so maybe I did it wrong. So, um, I'll just say it's like eleven thirty. Nah. Oh, okay, thanks, man. Shh. He has watch like the youngest kid I've seen with a watch. It's awesome. I wear watches too. I don't have one on today, but... Oh, okay. But I want to show something real quick just because I know, and and I want this to be an ongoing discussion. I'm just starting the discussion with you, my family. I really want to be united with each of you. I want to go into a deeper relationship with each of you. I want to... And, that, and in chapter four of Acts, it talks about some other ways that the church was united. They, get, they gathered all of their possessions, they sold all their possessions and, and brought it into the storehouses of the church so that no one was without want. Like, no one had a need that went unresolved. It was so cool. It was so cool. And I think we do that a lot in our church. And, like, don't get me wrong, this is one of the most awesome churches now <laughs> that I've been a part of. I work with a lot of other churches, like I'm with friends with a lot of other worship leaders, and this is not happening anywhere else, which is sad. But hopefully God maybe wants to use us as an inspiration for this area and saying, because once we get united, that understanding has to start to translate to other denominations. It has to start to translate to the church down the street. Why is there a church half a mile down the street? This is the stupidest thing in the history of the church is how many churches we have across America. I mean, like, goodness gracious, why did you guys leave, you know, why did the Nazarene church leave the Methodist movement? Well, we wanted more Holy Spirit, but then we, in the 70s, we were like, whoa, Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's just, you know, we we get off on so many of these things and God wants to bring his church together because, as it says twice in there, it is going to be through our unity that the world will know that Jesus was sent by God. Amen. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else that we do, say, speak, sing, act. I don't you know, whatever we've tried to make Jesus known, it is going to be through our unity that people will know that God sent Jesus and they will know that they're loved by God. And I think that's such an incredible thing too, because I think if everybody totally grasped and understood the love of God, the overwhelming, never-ending love of God. man, could you imagine how many, how many people would come to Christ? How many people would accept Christ if they really understood that and didn't have... I, don't get me wrong, guys. We are flawed humans. We are going to mess this up. Amen. I'm going to stop you right there, all right? Just because I I don't see that in the Bible. So I'm, no, no, no. we can talk afterwards about this. And I'm totally fine to talk after. Let's talk after, okay? But I'm just going to stop you right there. I want us to be careful. We have to test spirits, okay? Even even things that seem like God, we, we need to test them. And if we can't find it in the word of God, which is how Jesus fought Satan, who does come at us. He came at God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And, and it's like such an incredible thought that the spirit led God into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And, but Jesus, he had been spending 30 years preparing and understanding the word of God so that when Satan brought scripture... Twisted scripture, but when he brought scripture before Jesus, he's like, "That's not what it says. That's not how it reads." Um, who, King James? Like I said, we'll talk after. I think I think you got a lot of thoughts, man, and some good thoughts, and I want to talk that through. All right, because that's what a family does. Amen. I love you, man. Um, but. I just want to focus. Yeah, let's show this video. I know there's a lot of, a lot of questions um, that we're going to have as we try to pursue unity. I know there's going to be a lot of questions that we're going to have and excuses, because I have a lot of excuses in my mind right now for why that can't happen in America. And I just wanted to show this just because, not because I want us to do this, but I wanted to show this as an example of another church, because there are others that have read the word and have seen that we need to be united. And that maybe we're doing it wrong. Maybe we need change, which is part of repentance. It's change. It's turning. You know. Um, I wanted to show this just as an encouragement and just as an example that might reshape some of those excuses that we have in our minds right now.
1: Christianity has become this consumer thing.
2: You know, you sit down, you find people that you know, and you go and sit there. You know, in
3: rows, and it's dark, and when you worship, it's just you and God. I was used to going to church on Sunday, sit in the back, and not really be a part of the body, and you walk out, and then that's it. That's your Sunday.
4: Uh, we've just kind of assumed if somebody's following bulletins and somebody's a greeter and somebody's stacking chairs that everybody's using their gift.
5: Just even the concept of church that we have, I've always wanted more than that and felt like it should be more than that.
6: We're struggling in different ways. Marriage, um, feeling a little
1: bit isolated. It wasn't flourishing, I-, I would say. We weren't flourishing. If they're not finding that in the church, we have to go back to the scriptures and go, why not? What are we doing wrong?
7: So many people are going in and out of churches and nobody in their church knows what's happening.
1: One of our elders calls it like pastoral malpractice. Like you're actually ruining people by making them consumers because you're supposed to be turning them into servants. We don't come to be served. We serve and give our lives as a ransom for many. It's at the core of what we understand it means to follow Jesus Christ. And we've twisted it, and it's evil. It's really all these things that cause me to just start with a blank piece of paper and just start writing on that paper with Scripture and saying, what's most repeated? Uh, What's most emphasized? What does God love most? What does He hate most? What does He command demand of the church, and let's pursue those things.
4: It's not about having a killer sermon with a great worship set. It's about us loving each other well, loving Jesus well, praying together well, uh, studying the scriptures together well. And then it's almost like our gatherings are excellent, not because there was a ton of prep work done into it, but because people are spending time with Jesus. People are being led by the Spirit. People are loving each other deeply. That's what's going to make our gatherings great.
1: And so, it's kind of how we arrived at the new start, I guess.
5: There are mornings where I'm like, oh, I just want to snooze one more time. But you'll, like, hear the text, and you're like, all right, got to get up. start texting each other when we wake up and just encouraging each other with, you know, whatever the Lord's put on our hearts or what we read. And I just am so thankful for the Lord giving me this, like, like hello, Liz, if you want to be close to me, you got to spend time with me. And since I've been starting to do that, it has changed my walk with the Lord. My walk with God is so personal, and I love,
1: I love my time with Him like this is success to us when our people love really love jesus like they don't need all of the bells and whistles you know in order to sing or in order to pray or in order to get in the word we want them to be devoted worshipers
4: of god so this is where we meet for our house church um And just here in our living room. So we have a few couches, but we have to set up plastic chairs. Uh, Everybody's bringing some. Everybody's spending time with Jesus throughout the week. Everybody's um, exercising their gifts. And I encourage people as God highlights a scripture, or if a song comes to mind, to sing it out, or if God's prompting them with a word on their heart to share it. And so it's just beautiful to see every... Everybody in this room would be feeling the weight of, like, I have something to contribute.
1: We wanted these loving families. Like, are we looking around and seeing, like, these groups of people that really adore one another? I mean, love to the point that Jesus wanted, where the world would look on and go, I've never seen love like this.
3: I remember getting to Francis and Lisa's house in the evening, and I was just thinking in my head, like, what in the world am I doing? Like, I don't even know these people. I was thinking, honestly, at the time, like, oh, great. Like, I'm moving in with this pastor guy and his family. I have, like, this completely different background. (laughs) Like coming out of a life of crime and drug addiction and I'm thinking like am, are they gonna be too straight edge for me? Like are we gonna have to do this like Bible study little thing like every day? Is like am I not gonna be able to be myself? And uh, it was it wasn't even like that at all. And it was crazy just to see a godly family. You get to see the good, the bad, and the ugly when you're living with somebody. They didn't have to change anything. They didn't hide anything. It was just living with them. They just accepted me in like, like a family member and just actually seeing Lisa be a godly wife and to be a godly mother. I don't even think she understands how much like she poured into my life just by demonstration. You're not meant to walk out your Christianity alone. Like, God never designed it for you to do it by yourself. Like, you're supposed to have a body of believers around you, you know? And I didn't know that until I was actually able to um, experience it.
1: church in my mind and the best i can understand scripture was supposed to be a group of people that loved jesus they loved each other deeply because that was his command this is our true family now more than a family we are a body like one you are my arm and so i will protect you and any hurt to you is a hurt to me and for there to be this godly leadership that matures this body and strengthens them, disciples them, and sends them out on mission so that we get serious about getting to the rest of the world and making disciples of them. This
8: restaurant kind of uh, holds a special place in my heart. Um, I I worked here. This place kind of helped me get my life on track, but it was also the place where I came to know Jesus. I was baptized outside. I was always trying to find joy and putting my hope in, like, things of the world and drugs, trying to find pleasure and stuff like that. You know, coming here, it was, like, instant, like, brotherhood. Like, this hole I was trying to fill was... Can only be filled by God I remember thinking like all I did to get here was mess up
9: and these guys are pouring into me and this is amazing I remember like being invited here and then just knowing I'm in my mess thinking I'm like this dirty person and then here I am in this prayer meeting around all these like clean people <laughs> yeah I remember being really uncomfortable and then feeling like like looking at these people and be like man I want more of this so I, I kept coming back
1: Say someone comes to my gathering and they're just understanding Jesus, then I find someone that's further along and encourage them to help that newer believer. And so there's just this natural flow of these people who show up that become disciple makers then become pastors, and then become elders. And then once we got a few elders, it's like, okay, let's let's even branch that off, and you three elders, take those churches, you three elders, take those churches, and let's just keep it going.
9: So it was nine months in, they talked to me about, like, you continue to see the, the Holy Spirit in your life. Do you want to start mentoring Him? In- it's like, man, I, I, I don't even have my own life together. How do you expect me to start leading these dudes? And so that idea, you know, like, your, your own sanctification starts to happen when you start, like, pouring into other people. Uh, like, that became very real to me. It's like, you know, the book of Acts, it talks about how the disciples were, like, uneducated, common men. But the people seeing that they had the Holy Spirit, like, they walked with Jesus, right? And so I read it for myself and I was like, this is me. I'm like this is me. An uneducated common dude. And and I still sit on that verse to this day.
8: A lot of times you think it's like, oh, it's it's teaching, it's It's what, like, hermeneutics, it's theology, it's this and that, but uh, where you're really going to get a chance to model Christ is in the way you serve, like, your brothers.
6: To
5: live in community together, to really demonstrate for people what it looks like to follow Jesus and how that looks in my everyday.
8: That's where you get sanctified. That's where you're going to grow in humility. That's where you're going to grow in patience. It's
5: like a two-way relationship and that it's not just the mentors are like these holy spiritual people but that it can be mutual and that we're growing just as much as they are maybe in different ways and in different things but we're still growing we're still needing more of Jesus every day
8: I think what's helped me is to reflect on the way that I was led what my sin was like when I first came to know the Lord and how people kind of were patient with me and then try to demonstrate that to others like how like God in the universe like will use people like us and add value to our life it's like here we are just broken, sinful, drug addicts you know, been to jail done this or that outcasts, rejects people like society doesn't accept anymore and then Jesus says like no, like you have a place in my kingdom and not only that but I can use you
6: now When we're thinking about mission and we're thinking about bringing Jesus um, and Jesus' love to people, it's not this sort of theoretical thing like, all right, I want to love the world, Um, but there are 20 houses here, like that will be our mission field. We're going to try to love this block as well as we can.
2: The mandate was just really clear. This house is for the Lord, it's for community, it's for neighbors, it's for welcoming people in.
1: We're not just a community just to be a community, but we are gathering in the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus, to live this thing called church out daily. This is where we do have to do the house church. So people we will be sitting around here. So this building and the people that are in it are pretty, pretty much um, high tech professionals. So that's what we're trying to do is try to outreach um, uh, specifically to the building here. We
6: committed to having a, a monthly sort of neighborhood barbecues. invited everyone from, from these 20 houses out to have lunch with us, and then start building relationships where we could go back and check in with folks and, and, and knock on their doors and see if there was something that we could um, help with, something we could pray for, or other ways that we could support and love them.
2: And so, yeah, this is not my thing. I'm not a natural hostess. I would much rather, in my flesh, just have dinners, just our immediate nuclear family. In my flesh, I would not like to clean up after people. And over the years, I think, as we've been part of We Are Church, experiencing it and seeing it in so many of the commandments, it's not you singular. It's to rejoice always, to be generous, to not have greed. Um, to love your neighbor as yourself, all those things you can only really practice in community. And so when I came to embrace that, it became this more meaningful, communal walk together.
9: So just simply in unity, walking out of our safe house, safe place, going into um, our neighborhood and uh, the intersections and the cities and the coffee
1: shops and talking to the people that live amongst us and work in our neighborhood and you know pray for them and get to know them
6: so all of the growth in our church since we arrived here has come from people who are in our neighborhood on this block it's been a real joy for us to to come and encounter that and and find people who are not just willing to join us for a service, but actually be a part of our family um, who are a part of the body of the church that we have here. And increasingly, we see as
1: indispensable. It's just this fellowship is going on, and I'm not pushing it. And I felt like with the old model, people aren't going to reach out unless you create a program for them to do it. People aren't going to fellowship with each other unless you create some program for that. People aren't going to get together and pray unless you schedule it for them. Uh, People won't take communion unless you, you know, get all the elements and everything figured out. And now it's just this thing where people are sharing their faith every day. It's just happening. It's natural. They can't help it. Um, They don't need my permission
5: the Lord really just confirmed like, yes, I'm asking you to quit your job from corporate America and good money um, and just be obedient. Like, Lisa once asked me, like, oh, do you see yourself doing inner city ministry? And I'm like, oh, heck no. And here I am living in the inner city of San Francisco.
7: We've been married for six years, have been fostering and adopting for three and a half of those years. And like, it has been so hard, and then so good, and then so hard, and then so good, and over and over, God would check my heart.
6: It was two weeks before our wedding. We still didn't have a place to live. We were offered free housing, and um, it was outside of the community that we were doing ministry in. And uh, I didn't want to be someone that was coming into the community and then leaving uh, back to a different
0: part of the city.
5: Yeah. So. We said no to the free housing in one of the most <laughs> expensive cities <laughs> in the country. And it was only because we knew we had to be obedient to what the Lord was calling us to.
7: And so over and over again, God would, like, push me and Sean to the, to the brink, and then he'd teach us and he'd mold us into his likeness. And it hurt. <laughs> it hurt so bad sometimes. But, every, like, even looking back now, I'm like, every trial we went through, God has rooted me in the faith that he is good.
6: I mean, people thought it was crazy that we were moving across the street from public housing. Um, But for us, it was, like, way better than we could have imagined.
5: Yeah, the Lord really, like, completely changed what I thought my life was going to be. It's like one of those things where you can't even pray for your life to turn out this way, and God just does the writing himself.
7: He took a beating and was put on the cross for us even when we were sinners. So that is what we're called to do. (laughs) It's like some our life, we're going to get a beating. We're going to take a beating. And just recently, God has been like, I love these kids more than you could ever love these kids. So you need to be the hands and feet. You need to show them who I am.
1: It's like Look around our group. Are they people who sacrifice and suffer because they so believe in the hope of heaven? Do they see themselves as just travelers on this earth, or are they building a home for themselves? Are they these suffering sojourners that just can't wait for the return of Christ? You know, if I say I get up at 5 in the morning and spend time with the Lord, they go, oh, that's great, you know, but you're Francis Chan, you know? And when, when Marcus is doing it at 3.30 in the morning before he goes to work, you know, picking up needles off the street and cleaning off the grossest part of the city and speaking to homeless and caring for them. Or, Rob, when you're, you and ex-con tell people, like, I can't stop worshiping Jesus. Like, it, I can't get enough That's huge. And so it's these ordinary people that are so deeply in love with Jesus that they can't help but go and talk about Him when they're going door to door in their neighborhoods, not prompted by anyone else, just prompted by a love for their neighbors and a love of Jesus and belief in the gospel. Those have been the most powerful stories to me because it gets rid of all the excuses. You know, it's like, well, if that guy's doing it and he's a doctor and that guy's doing it and he's a thug, What's my excuse why I'm not?
0: Wasn't that cool? We're a little over today and I know everybody has to get to Hosses. Does anybody actually go to Hosses? I just always like wonder that. Oh, you go to Hosses? Man, you have to come back then because my dad preaches to you every week. It does. Every week. I know everybody has to get to Hosses, and I'm like, who goes to Hosses? But let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are and what you've done. God, continue to work as we go about our week. Continue to minister to us. God, continue to be the one that holds us close through those times that we are suffering. God, I pray that your perfect will would be done in each person today. God, continue this conversation. Continue how we become united. Continue how we take what we've known and reshape it. To make it your will for this church, God, I love the diversity in this place, and I love the the just the love that's in this place. And I pray that you would, uh, like a, like a, the great sculptor you are, Lord. I pray that you would shape us, that you would mold us into the the statue that you would have us to be, that would be a symbol to this world and the symbol to this community and it would just shout love and it would shout uh, safety and it would shout welcome uh, to everyone around us. God, give us fresh eyes as we leave the doors of this church today and and help us to look at the houses around us um, in a new light. Help us to look at that as our mission field. We love you, God. We thank you. We praise you. Amen. Amen. If you guys want to stand, if you need to go, you're welcome to go, but we're going to sing one last song. Amen. Amen.